Hey, guys, I heard an assistant professorship just opened up. Ooh, yeah. At the University of Psych! <laughs> I was so bored I cut the ponytail off the guy sitting in front of us. Look at me, I'm a grad student. I'm 30 years old and I made $600 last year. Bummer, don't make fun of grad students. They just made a terrible life choice. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Say What You Mean. I'm Jeff. And I'm Jake. You were just saying it feels weird. Yeah, because... <laughs> so, two weeks... What, three weeks, three episodes ago... Yeah. We had Donna on, and that was a oh, good episode. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the week after that, you and I got really busy oh, with, with different stuff. Yeah. And... We we released to the Republic, mm-hmm. which you weren't on, unfortunately. I wasn't. And then we did CJ last week, mm-hmm. and that was a good. That was a great episode. That was fun. But you and I really haven't had a chance to sit down and, and talk. No. So it's this is a this is a nice like yeah. uh, kind of like welcome back. We got through three <sighs> weeks of craziness and did we? <laughs> okay, I feel like it's just starting. Yeah. Oh well, I'm on cur- I'm currently on break. Yeah, so I know I, you I feel are. like a free man currently. But dude, last week. Oh, last week was tough. You looked like death. Yeah, I felt I so bad. I finished my so that night I went to <laughs> I went to work. I can't believe I you s- did that. I sat down in the in the man, in the manager's office. I finished my um I finished my my final. Okay. I sat back in the in the chair and I don't remember how long I fell asleep for, <gasps> but I was asleep for at least a half hour. <laughs> just zonked out in my chair in the oh, office. Oh, no. Thankfully, I wasn't managing that day. I was right. just in hunting, and hunting counter has been slow. Right. So, because most Washington residents think they can't buy any guns in Washington, in, any guns in Oregon, because um, different people have been telling them wrong information. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Purposefully. Yeah. So, anyway, that's hurt our business. So, gun counter has been pretty slow. Oh, that makes sense if they're trying to keep the business up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah, dude. It was rough, bro. I <laughs> Jen was like, oh, how was it? And I'm like, Jake looked like just dead. <laughs> you, I've never seen you like that. I, I felt so bad. And then you went to work, and I was like, no way, dude. I was here though. You were and here because I, was, I wasn't gonna miss. I dude, I wasn't gonna miss. Wasn't gonna miss you. Yeah, yet. yeah. So we've couldn't. been we've been couldn't. trying to get that forever. So <laughs> I'm glad I was able to be a part of that. Right. Um, excited to get him back because now yeah, that we've set yeah. the tone and everybody, our listeners know who he is. Yes. We can. Uh, then we can. You know, we can sit down and get into some nitty gritty stuff like yeah. the Blazers and oh, lots, lots. Because there was a bunch that we didn't get to um, from his notes, so we can definitely come back to that. Oh yeah. Oh, I started school. Yes, you did. I was I, that was what I was going to ask you. Yeah. Um, how's that going? Oh. So, I'm trying as hard as I can to get ahead on everything. Um, so one class had everything posted on Friday. So I was like, "Oh, this is cool." So I just went to work and printed like the first. Mm-hmm. There's no textbooks in either class. Which is kind of awesome. Um, they just have us reading like PDFs of 
like scans of books, yeah. which totally works. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm such a hard copy guy. Even yeah. with my new laptop and like the pen and stuff, mm-hmm. I want the hard copy and, yeah. and to highlight and to take notes. So I printed the readings and I start, started them on Friday. Um, but then the second class didn't have anything posted until like yesterday afternoon, mm-hmm. which kind of annoyed me because yeah. it's like, dude, it starts Monday. Like that should be ready. Um, so Monday I woke up at 6 a.m. and I was just like, well, I'm up. I might as well start. So I just tried to just hammer through as much of the homework as I could. Mm-hmm. Um, did a bunch at work. Nice. <laughs> <'Cause> hey, <laughs> that's the life, man. Get well, paid. that's another thing is I have a new job. I well, yes, yes. I, I was. Uh, you got a lot of stuff going on, dude. Right now. It's crazy. Uh, I haven't started the new job yet. Okay. Um, I accepted the new job, but the managers. Uh, I think he was off yesterday, so I'm expecting to find out maybe today if he's back from vacation. Okay. When I start that new job, um. But in my current job, I mean, it got pretty slow at the end of the night, so I was like, well. I guess I'll just work on my homework. So, and part of the part of the homework is like I have to create a website that profiles all my content that I create. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, I kind of just was like it did the about me page, uh, and, which is easy. Yeah. But that's all this week's homework is. Hmm. So, as soon as I'm done with that, I can start on next week's homework, which is actually getting into like taking tutorials on Photoshop and then creating and uh, it's a content creation class, I should clarify okay. that. Um the other class crisis in global communication that sounds more up my alley that sounds fascinating please tell me about that class. so that class is really interesting so far in the reading i'm just learning about like how on both sides of the so it's basically managing crises um and your job as the crisis communications department is i have to create a plan for a, a business or um or like a government entity or something okay. to and just in case there's some sort of crisis, um, which like, for example, I just read a long article about like a fictitious burger place and all mm-hmm. the meat was bad and people were getting E. coli and dying. And then it gave an example of how they handled it and what you're supposed to do according to the book. Okay. Like the communications book. But then we're all now we're getting in the reading. It's getting into discussion of how how <clears throat> professionals kind of in the, in this field kind of under under assume or under under acknowledge that outrage is real mm-hmm. and then so when you have that and you have the people who are outraged just assuming that the business or the entity doesn't care and yeah. just that dynamic between those two mm-hmm. um so that's kind of interesting but I think that regardless, you know, I'd like to get a job in communications for either a company or I would like to do government. But even now in my job and in my new job, because I'm going to be managing like a lot of people, a lot of drivers. Mm -hmm. So even in that position, I can see how already the just the beginning of the readings I already operate this way, so that's kind of helpful. Yeah, that's super helpful. In an industry where it's like 
just squeeze the shit out of these people and get everything you can out of them. Yeah. Like work wise. Mm -hmm. And just they're it's a harsh environment just as far as the way that they talk to each other and the way that they communicate. And I'm not like that. So even even in my department, when I first started at this job, everyone was like, so I work in like weights and research is what it's called. And when I came, they're like, yo, fuck weights and research. And I'm like, whoa, why? And they're like, you guys are bitches. Like, we hate you guys. And I'm like, okay. I'm, I'm in a, it's my goal to change that attitude. So when I came in, I'm just like, hey, man. The first thing I did was like, I want to let them know and acknowledge with the dock workers, because that's who I'm working with directly, that I know what it's like to be in their position. Mm -hmm. I know what it's like to have someone from the office come out and say, hey, I need you to do A, B, or C. How annoying that is. How frustrating that is. I'm trying to get work done, and now you're making me do all this other bullshit, like reweighing the freight. So that's the first thing I did. One of the first things in the books, in the book, it says, during a crisis, acknowledge with the victims. You know, let them know that you understand how they feel and blah, mm. blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, oh, that's already what I do. Yeah. Um, yeah that's so much helpful when you can, like, relate with the material. Yeah. And it, it makes understanding so much so much easier. I just imagine somebody who doesn't communicate that way and having their mind being blown. Like, oh, this works? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, just yeah. shitting on people all the time. Like, I, I just the, here's an example of of the way that my new job operates. So a driver calls in, the guy answers and he's like, Hey man, I can't make those pickups that you have me scheduled for. The guy responds. Yeah. Thanks for nothing. And then he hangs up on him. <laughs> like, what does that do? Nothing. What positive thing does that do? Now that driver's pissed. He's never going to do you a favor again. And and you still don't have anyone to pick up that freight. Like the way first thing I think of is like, well, at least we're doing well enough in business that that guy's truck is full. Let's mm -hmm. try to find somebody else. Yeah. But no, it's just like, well, thanks for nothing. It's just weird, dude. And it's kind of like that. That's like the 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 norm in this industry, in the yeah. trucking industry. It's mm -hmm. just like, well, thanks for nothing, you fucking idiot. Like it's just rough, dude, the way they talk. So luckily, the guy that I'll work with directly he's probably listening right now because he's the guy who started listening to our show um him and i are pretty close so he's the one guy the other manager that i'll be having to coordinate and work with mo okay. directly yeah the way him and the other guy talk right now they talk to each other like shit really <laughs> and i'm like we're not doing that dude because i want this to go as smooth as possible so my goal is to go in there and change the culture again mm -hmm. right now I I have the dock guys doing record numbers of the things that they're required to do. And it's gone noticed by the VP and everyone above me. And so they're like, yeah, Jeff's the shit. He comes in and he kicks ass. So I'm going to try to do that on the other job. Go for it, dude. We'll That's see. awesome. Well, well see. congratulations Thank on you. all of your all of your stuff. <coughs> School, starting mat, like master's program. It's wild, dude. dude it doesn't it, feel real. No, it's scary. Honestly, though, it kind of feels like I'm just back in school. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't it? Yeah, it, it does. It really, I mean, it doesn't, yeah, it feels like you're just kind of, you're just back, you know, you're just back in it. Yeah. And, yeah, and just, you know, I, I remember before my undergrad, I was like, holy crap, like one day I'm going to have my bachelor's degree. I didn't even graduate high school. Like, that's fucking rad. Mm -hmm. I'm excited. And now 
Jen's like, oh, yeah, he's got his bachelor's degree. I'm like, yeah, whatever. Not a big deal. Dude, I bullshitted my way through that now that I look back. I mean, there was some hard work, and yeah. I did create some mm-hmm. great things. But for some of those classes, I'm like, I just got to get by. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't. Um, sometimes I feel like we sometimes I, I feel like we. Um, I don't know, like we put in a lot of work. Yeah. I feel like we I sat next to you in a lot of classes and we all put in you, me, Matt, Megan, um, Connor mm-hmm. put in a lot of work. Yeah. There were people in our classes that did not put in mm-hmm. a lot of work mm-hmm. and ended up with the same degree yeah. that we did. Yeah. And it's hard. Sometimes it's hard to um, sometimes it's, it wonders, like, could I have gotten away with a lot less and oh, still gotten yeah. my same degree and, oh, it, and yeah. I'd still be in the same place, which is kind of frustrating. We think about prospects yeah. of like going out and, and you start, when you start to see them, cause I'm starting to see things as I'm spending so much money on my master's degree. Yes. And this is a huge investment to put, to hopefully put me better. Like, well not, well put me higher on the hireable food chain right. than others. Mm-hmm. It's a competition thing, right? If I did, if I felt I could get to where I wanted to go without a master's degree, I wouldn't be in a master's program. Right. But the, uh, I'm just, God, it's like, okay, I'm going to graduate. And there's people like this in my program who mm-hmm. just do they They just skate by. And I'm, I don't understand how you can still manage to skate by in a master's program. But yeah. they are. Yeah. And um, like there was this one, there's this one girl who didn't, we had like, we've, we've known about the policy memo, which is like this 3000 word policy memo about a particular international governance issue so you, you had to pick some issue and write about it from a perspective of an international organization a state or some somebody directed to another international organization head of state um, non-governmental organization about how they can better address that issue mm-hmm. we've known about that since week one it was due week 14 <gasps> three days before week 14 she tells us because we're all in a, like a whatsapp group chat together oh, no. she's like yeah i asked for an extent for a week extension and the professor gave me a month it's like, are you kidding me? <laughs> That's why. That's why people skate by because they do shit like that. Oh, she's like, yeah, I went on a week. I went on a 17 day vacation before it was due. I was like, you've known about it since the beginning. Why didn't you just finish it before you left? Wait, so did you get an extension? No, I oh. finished mine. On, I finished mine on time. So, yeah, that was. Wow. That's just frust- that that kind of stuff is frustrating. Yeah, because there are. It seems like the education system, I don't know, it <laughs> yeah. has gotten somewhat easier mm-hmm. for people who want to skate by. Right. It's not easier for you and I who put right. it, who pride ourselves in doing really, really good work. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, me and this girl who got in a month extension because she wanted to go on a camping trip instead yeah. of working on her homework is going to have the same degree. And we're going to competing for the same jobs. Yep. C's get degrees, dude. That's a real saying. Well, I don't know if they get masters. Really comes, I guess it really just comes down to who the hell you know. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So Chad, I'm trying to build. I am now folk reef shifting my focus uh-huh. on how to um, better cr- create that network of yes. of contacts yeah. because I did not do that in undergraduate. No, no, so, you got to. You have yeah. to. Um, yeah, <clears throat> I don't know why uh, it feels different, but I kind of feel like I felt like this way when I went to WSU. It's like, OK, because at, at Clark, I kind of did the bare minimum i got b's and a's but more b's than a's yeah then i was like all right when i go to wcu i'm gonna step it up i'm gonna really try and i got more a's than b's Mm -hmm. um 
But now I'm like, okay, it's time to really lock it down. It's time to like, you know, I'm only taking mm-hmm. two classes, but that's full time with it, the workload. Yes. Yeah. Um, you, you could not, you couldn't do more than hell than no, dude. In a master's program. There's no, no way. No way. Especially not working full time. No. And you, neither you or I worked full nope. time. I worked part time. Yeah. 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 So this is like, but, but in the end, you know, when I'm sitting there and I'm reading and I'm, and I'm doing the nitty gritty, I'm like, oh, this is school. Mm-hmm. This is just what yeah. I've been what I've been doing. Yeah, it it's terrifying getting into it, but now that I'm kind of started, yeah, it's only been a day. Mm-hmm. This will come out Thursday, but it's Tuesday. <coughs> but now that I've been doing it for a day, it's like, oh, okay, it's just school. Yeah, it's going to take a lot of time. Um, the one thing you were talking about was the reading and how you can't read everything. But I, what I'm afraid of is now I've switched, and I was thinking about this. I've switched. From history to communications. Ah, yeah. And I don't know the discipline very well. Mm. I know content creation. That why That's why that class will be easier. Yeah. But the discipline as far as like the fundamentals, I'm not really sure. Mm. So what if I don't read the stuff? I gotcha. Then I don't, then I'm missing things. You know what I mean? Yes. Whereas where you have, you minored in poli sci, you've always kind of been interested in politics. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that you, you're going in ahead, but in international relations, you have a pretty good understanding. And then this is just furthering and deepening your understanding. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So I see. I see where you're coming from. Right that. now, yeah. I'm just like read everything. Yeah. No. No. Then, then yes. Then in that in that regard. Yeah. That's. Yeah, but yeah, I, it just it's almost it's damn near impossible to try to read <laughs> try to read everything, man. You're, I know. You're talking like 200, 200 plus pages a week. Well, so I think with both classes, if I had both classes, I'd have that much. But right now, I'm only taking one that is requiring all this reading, so it's like a hundred pages a week, okay. which is doable. Yeah. It's manageable. Mm-hmm. Sorry, we went off on school rabbit hole right there, but uh, yeah, that's what I mean. But it's part of our lives. It is. It is, and it's, it's a major part of our. Lives. It's, it's how we. Been, it's and it's how we met. It is. It is how we met. Um, so. that's yeah. one. That's another thing I miss, man. Like, I, there's just there's just nobody out there like you. And what? <laughs> what do you mean? I, it, well, it's just like, dude. I don't have. It's it sucks to be in a. So it sucks to be in school and not have that good friend right. that you can be like, I'm freaking the fuck out. Yeah. And then and then I get it. Then I'll get a text back. I'm freaking the fuck out, too. And there's yeah. something about so, that shared experience mm-hmm. about both of you knowing that somebody else is out there yeah. freaking the fuck out the same way that you are about the same stuff, about the same stuff same and timeline. You, yeah. And you're, it, it's it's com- it, it's comforting. And it's a way to kind of get through that because, you know, we're going to get through it. Yes. But at the time, you don't feel like you no. are. God, so. no. Um. Well, I'm still going to send you those texts. (laughs) And I expect them. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I mean, and uh, we took the same classes. And it is different because it's all online and and you're not really face-to-face with these people. Both of our programs are online. Um, Yeah, we'll see. But in addition to that, you're a really good dude who always listened to that stuff, too. So there's a lot of people out there I just... Would I don't think they give a give a shit about just about talking other. you off the ledge? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, Go ahead and jump, loser. Yeah. Well, well, that's why I asked you. Like, did you procrastinate? And you're like, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, 
duh, I'm going to also. But mm-hmm. that's why I'm trying not to now. Yeah. I'm trying to get ahead a ton yeah. so that it's like I can procrastinate. You have a good foundation to fall back on. See, that's that's the thing with me. My procrastination is always on the work. It's never on the reading. So I get... I'm, oh, okay. So at least when like I wait for the till the last second to do my writing, mm-hmm. I already have been thinking about it, researching gotcha. everything. So like... It's just the amount of time can I sit down on a keyboard and type it fast and enough it, yeah. for it to be done in time. And I have a, I, I've over the time, I've over all of my school years, I've developed a really good habit of knowing exactly how long I need to type any length, any particular, any particular length. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm always turning in things within the hour in which they're due. I, can't, I hate that. <laughs> I've done it. I did it the whole time, but I hate it. Mm-hmm. I hate that. But. The pressure, I don't care what anybody says, it makes you write. Because when I sit yeah. down and I'm like, uh, this isn't due for two weeks, but I'm going to start it today. It's never as good. I don't feel like it is. No. But when you have that pressure, you're like, okay, let's go. The wor- So I use this as, my, as like my, my constant reminder that I do write better under pressure. The only paper I turned in more than a day early at all at WSU mm-hmm. was, Professor, was Professor Fountain's... Um, one like history 111 like mm-hmm. early american history I took that class yeah i i wrote and finished the paper a day early that's the earliest i ever turned in a paper at wsu vancouver mm-hmm. i ended <laughs> that was the worst grade i ever got at wsu really? vancouver it was a it was a c oh, i got a c on that paper and, wow. it, and it kept me from being able to take um i had to take the final after that and it still ended up with an a in don't the even course. get me started on that bullshit one i knew going in he was going to grade <laughs> that tougher because he he didn't want people to skip his final yes. because i had gotten a's on the other things because the way the class was structured if you got an a on the midterm you got an a on both the papers and you had like an a going into the final mm-hmm. you got to skip the final mm-hmm. i had i had met all of those requirements mm-hmm. except for the last paper right and that was due like two weeks before i think the final was right. so I, I turned that in thinking like oh, i'm gonna get or i'm gonna get an early jump on this i mean if i turn in a really good paper it's going to i'm not I, it's going to save me so much time on the on the back end. yeah nope nope i got a c on that and i realized i can never it really was it wasn't good right i went back and, re, and reread it and it was not good was it the uh the letter or the paper like um review or you're comparing two, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're comparing, yeah. You're comparing two primary sources. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. that's right. Something um, that should have been super easy for us to do, yeah. but he kept. He was he basically gave me a C because of my writing. I was using too much passive language. And that's my like life. Yeah. Um. So in that scenario, when I took that class, I had all A's. So I'm thinking the same thing going into this paper. I'm going to skip this final. I'm going to crush this paper. I got an 89.9. That bastard. Fuck that. Yeah. I was, I couldn't believe it. So point one, I couldn't take the final or I had to take the final. Mm-hmm. That's fucked up. You did that shit on purpose. Yeah. And an 89 is still like, it's still an A minus. Oh, furious. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you how mad I was. Like, I wanted to throw shit. I I, would have, too. And then, gosh, sitting through that entire final for me, I couldn't imagine for you because that was, like, way closer to the A than mine was. I was so resentful that entire final. So resentful. I wanted to just write fuck you on paper. (laughs) Like, oh, I was so mad. And it was a blue book final. Mm -hmm. We had to write all that bullshit. Sorry. (laughs) That, That class and that situation is probably... 
my most frustrating moment in my entire undergrad. I, I can imagine. That was your first semester as a history major too, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I was already... Was... No, I was an English major, I think. Oh, really? Yes. Mm. Yes. So that's why I was like... I hate history, but I had already switched, and now I gotcha. was doomed. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, that was the worst. Um, other than all of that, is there anything else new with you, Boo? Um, well, I'm heading to D.C. Thursday. Oh, my God. How did I forget? Yes. Yeah, dude, we got so we've had. You're you going I, to Washington, D.C., yeah, dude. Yeah, I'm going to the seat of U.S. power. That's wild. Going you're going to, to the swamp, dude. Yeah. What going, if it decides to drain it while you're there? Oh, Are man, you in trouble? It's going to get swept out into the Chesapeake <laughs> Bay, floating out into the Atlantic. Yeah. Hopefully, wash up somewhere. Um, like Florida. Like Florida. God. <laughs> <laughs> get ate by an alligator or a man on bath salts. Oh, yes. I think I'd stand a better chance against the alligator. But the, um, gosh, uh, yeah, I'm going to be there not for very long, just Thursday no, through Sunday. Because I can't believe how quick that is. Because the time, um, because by the time I got, I got enrolled in this program mm-hmm. and they said, okay, this is like mandatory, like you have to come to one of these. And this is like the best because of the time frame and everything, this is the best one for you to go to. Mm-hmm. Um, so but Kylie, the way Kylie's work, um, structures their time off, especially with her being in a management position and also doing all the mortgages like she has to plan her vacate her her long vacations at the beginning of the year so wow. by the time that so by the time that may came along and they're like oh hey august you got to be in dc i was like well kylie could only take off a couple days oh. and her man her the, the the vp and one of the other loan officers were also off this week so it was so it the VP said she was would would come back for those two days like that Thursday Friday to, so 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 Kylie could go, oh, which is awesome. Yeah, Otherwise Kylie that couldn't is have huge. gone. But that was the only time we could take. <sighs> that was the only time that we could take. I couldn't take any longer than that. Right. So, um, other than that, I'm sp- other than that, I'm super excited to go. Kylie's gonna be able to go. Um, she's gonna work. We I rented a hotel that's literally like three blocks from the National Mall and all the Smithsonian wow. Museum. So she's gonna go spend the days that's awesome. seeing all of that. It's like, dude, it's a dollar to reserve a. It's free to get in to to, what? A, to any of the Smithsonian museums. For real? Yeah, it's free. You can reserve your spot for a dollar. Okay. And then you get to jump the line for a buck. What? Yeah. So she's like, dude, I gotta go. So she reserved it for a dollar, and and it's gonna be going. She's going to the Holocaust Museum and stuff. Oh my god! So I'm super jealous of her because she gets to do everything that I want to do while I get to sit (laughs) on campus. But the one thing I am excited about is Friday. uh, Friday, we're we're doing something. It's called the site visit. And by the time I got my my procrastinating ass around Mm -hmm. to actually signing up for it, um, all of the good tour groups were gone. But this is kind of like the net, like this is what they call like their net, like this is like their networking thing. Thinking, yeah. So um, you get to go around to, they have different themes, right? They have one that's like defense and foreign policy or national security group. One is like national diplomacy, stuff like that. So you get to My go to the State poem. Department. You get to go to the State Department or Department of Defense. You get Avengers. to go to three different sites. Mine was um, democracy and political freedom. That was okay. like the last good one that was open still. And I get, I go to, NG, I'm going to NGO office, uh, non-governmental organization offices. Uh, so Freedom House is one of them, which I'm really excited about mm-hmm. because they're, they're a democracy watchdog group and they're the one, they're the NGO that gives all of the democracy and freedom ratings for nations around the world. Okay. So like, um, they, they go and they, they go in and analyze, um, the institutions of, of different, 
uh, of different countries, like mm-hmm. how free their press is, how free their voting their voting rights are, how how much you know is freedom of speech really upheld within? And then they they do this and they find the aggregate and they come out with like the, a grade and everything like that. Mm-hmm. So um, it's that would be a place I would love to work so I get to go meet right. the people from Freedom House. This is your networking House. opportunity, mm-hmm. bro. Yeah, exactly. You got to stand out for sure. I have to take but. your shirt off. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. That would get me. That would, that would get never me forget, dude. Nope. No, they would like, not. Hey, but aren't you the dude who took his shirt off? <laughs> I'm that guy. <laughs> so yeah, no, that's, uh, that's where, where, what, what I will be doing. Yeah. And I that's get to, wild. And then Friday night, I get to meet all of the faculty, mm-hmm. which will be cool. That is cool. In person. Yeah. Normally I just see, I've only actually met two of them and it's been through a computer screen. Do so. they all teach from there? Like, are they all on site there? Um, a lot of the tenured professors are. Okay. Um, all of the people who develop the, what they call the asynchronous material, which is all of the, the pre-recorded lectures, all of the, um, the, so the people who create the, who created the course, yeah. they're permanent faculty members that are on campus right. all the time teaching on campus. Um, but a lot of like the entry level courses, like what they call like the the core curriculum. There's five courses within the core curriculum. Mm-hmm. Those they usually like farm out to to proctors. Right. And I've um, that's who I took classes from. This. Okay. This. Yeah, but yeah. They're expert, but these people are still experts in their field. Well, yeah, like yeah, one yeah. Of, Like one of the my the proctors is still a you know a PhD who mm-hmm. worked with the UN, who's worked with several other different. Um, uh, organizations and is incredibly knowledgeable at just the only difference between them and the person that created it is tenure and time. Right. So. Right. Which is hard as hell to get anyways. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what time are you leaving? I leave uh, early Thursday morning, Thursday morning. And then it's a five hour flight, but I lose another three hours because of the time. So it's basically, it's like, it's like eight hours. Yeah. And then, so by the time I get in, it's um, my flight lands five forty five. I leave at, my flight leaves 9.45 a.m. I don't get in there. 9.45 a.m. our time. Yeah. I don't get in until 5.45 p.m. Jeez. That's so lame. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. You don't have anything that day, though, right? No. Okay, good. So, hopefully, there's uh, they do night tours that start at 7.30. So, hopefully, we can get in, get settled, and then mm-hmm. get to one of those night tours. Because then they take you around to all the different monuments. Hell, yeah. Ooh, that's gonna be wild man that's gonna be hot as hell yeah is it, it yeah i guess it's super muggy back there this time mm, of year dang jealous that'll yeah. be cool though now i was talking to matt and he's gonna be in uh dc the second week of september i, asked oh. him, I was like i was like what are you going there for he's like oh i just want to see the i just want to see the city and um go tour because he wants to go to georgetown right and which is like up two miles away from American. They're mm-hmm. just like right next to each other. And um, he's like, I'm going to go to Georgetown campus and go around and just try to make connections. Get and, a feel. Yeah. yeah. Get a feel for the, for the area. So, yeah. That's cool. That is cool. Dang. I didn't know that. I was wondering what he was going to do, what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Cause he's got a good job now. He does have a good job. But He's just going to go back to school. Hell yeah. Dude. I'm always for people going back to school. Mm-hmm. I want other people to feel my pain. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I can't believe you get to go. That's cool. I want to do something. I'm well, going to go somewhere well, sometime. N- next next summer, I'm going back to D.C., so we should we should plan a trip. Where yeah. We, Dude. Where you can, we can act. So you and I 100% and Kylie down. and Jen can go. Fuck them. Leave okay, them here. Then just you and I then. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do a whole. No, we'll bring one of them so they can film us. And okay. We'll do a, Perfect. We'll do a, a episode, a video episode of us at all the places. 
So yeah, I'm gonna <laughs> so I'm gonna find when the when the immersion weekend is for next yeah, summer. Yeah, dude, so let me can, know. So I'm not start, even joking. So we can start planning. I will plan to do that. Okay, that would be epic, dude. Mm-hmm. That would be freaking cool. Because I want to stay longer next time. Yes, There's, I'm not doing this trip again for only four days. No, hell no. Because now, like you said, it was kind of last minute planning and mm-hmm. had to do it. It's an obligation. It'll be an obligation then, but at least now you can hopefully plan to stay longer yes. or get there earlier. Yeah. Dude, let me know. I that will. would be yeah. so I'll you, awesome. I'll let you know as soon as I know what that weekend's going to be. <sighs> That'd be fucking cool. And we, then we can record an episode from the steps of the White House. Dude, that'd be Well, well not the step. Well, from the, the fence. The that's fence of the yards White House with the White all House. the protesters. Yeah. <laughs> Man. Okay, yeah, definitely let me know. Okay. Um, anything, you want, anything you want to talk about? Just real quick, Dexter has a, an enlarged heart. Oh, no. Does he he just, has, is it DCM? What is that? Um, dilapidated <laughs> cardiomyopathy. It's maybe. I don't know. What is that? That's when um, <laughs> the heart gets enlarged because there's been a blocking of of certain of certain minerals. No, it just happens in in palms. Okay. It's big though. Really? He's got so much love. <laughs> it's big, dude. He's been like uh kind of like dry coughing mm-hmm. and we Jen took him in a year ago and they're like yeah it, it, this happens with palms their esophagus collapses so it's just him just it's bothering him so mm-hmm. that's why he's coughing we're like oh okay and they're like here just give him some of this medicine and it'll help and maybe some allergy medicine too to help because i think he's got allergies what we thought so over the last course of the last year it got worse and he's just doing it more and doing it more and i was worried because when the more he coughs, like his whole body would flex up mm. and you could just see that he was just uncomfortable and it'd wake him up. And like, I was just like, dude, we got to get him checked out because I feel like there's, we got, I want to do something at least to make him more comfortable when he's flexing like that. It, it bothers me. I worry. So then we went in and that, Oh yeah. I saw your sister. Oh, you did. Yeah. Okay. I told you, uh, I was like, Oh, looking that's, at that's, her. that's that trip. Yes. Okay. I was like looking at her, but she didn't like realize it was me. Um, but she was working away, so. Um, but we took him there, and that's the place I was telling you about where I was like, yo, fuck that other place we were going mm-hmm. to. We're going to this place over here in Salmon Creek. And you're like, well, we're just going to go where my sister works. Well, it turns out the same fucking place. Yeah. That was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're great there, dude. It's crazy how awesome they are. Mm-hmm. Um, so we took him in there, and we're like, hey, I mean, he's still doing the coughing, and they're like, you know, we feel like it's getting worse. So we did some scans and he's got this giant ass heart so big that it's like pushing up on his esophagus. Oh, wow. And it's like inflaming like everything around it because he's like coughing mm-hmm. and like flexing. So they're like, take, uh, they're like, you, well, you should see a cardiologist, but that's like 500 bucks. Mm. Or you can try this heart medication. And if it works, then we know that there are routes for the heart that we can take without seeing the cardiologist, but you should see the cardiologist eventually. So we're like, okay, I agree. We want to see the cardiologist, but today is $250. So let's wait on the cardiologist and try the medication mm-hmm. world of difference. Really? Oh my God. He doesn't even do it anymore. That's awesome. It's and like he, Oh, that makes me happy. to hear. Oh dude, he couldn't play or run because the second he started running, he'd have to stop and start. Uh, uh, Poor guy. Oh, it's depressing, dude. 
But now he's smiling and wagging mm-hmm. his tail. Looked, and I, you're saying that when, like, when I walked in, yeah. he looked so much happier than I've seen him in a long Way time. Way different. He's yeah. a completely different dog now. So obviously the medication is helping, and we're going to see the heart, uh, the cardiologist to, to specify long term mm-hmm. treatment. But it's so good to see him like happy again yeah. and and will and like down to play. And it's not waking up him up in the middle of the night, and he's not getting up like from a sleep to like cough. It's awesome. That's it, oh, it's that so me, good. That makes me so happy yeah, to hear. Yeah. So what is that? What's that that called? I want to give him a shout out. Uh, what is it? Um, <laughs> Mount. It's um. Is it Mount Hood? I should know it. My sister works there. It's Mount. It's either Mount Hood or Cascade. We should. I'm gonna look it up. Hold on. Mountain View Veterinary Mountain Hospital. View. Okay. Yep, yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's it. It's in Salmon Creek. Um. And, I mean. I feel like the last place we went, they would, they would, they weren't really interested in specifying what was wrong with our dogs. They were just like, well, it could be this, it could be that, it could be this. Oh, let's do all these tests. Where these guys were like, hey, okay, you said this last time. Maybe it's his heart. I think it's going to be his heart. Let's check his heart. Like they just went right for it. Mm-hmm. They knew exactly what it could have been. And I felt like the last place just kind of dicked us around a bunch. Yeah, I got, I got that same. That same vibe, yeah. Um, and with with uh, with Tucker's, especially with with Tucker's ear infections, yeah. I went back three different times and got three different answers from three different vets. Yes, and there was, and it, it was like it wasn't like they were even checking checking um, the charts or anything like that. It was just like, oh, they were just like, okay, well, um, it it was finally, it was like one vet finally was like, you guys have been here three different times for this. Yeah. He's like, she's like, I'm going to actually clean out his ears for you. Mm-hmm. You can watch me do it. And she's like, this is why you need to do this. You need to do this. And, um, and she just did it right there. And Tucker hasn't had an ear infection ever since they just, they just did the procedure there in right. the office. That was at the last place. Yeah. Yeah. But it took the third time to get that. Yeah. Playing, paying vet fees and Ugh. buying more and more potent, um, like ear cleaning solution yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. Oh God. I yeah. spent so much money on that dog's ears. I know it. So this place, Mountain View Veterinary Hospital, it's the shit. Checking out. Shout yeah. out. Getting a shout no, out. No, they really, the they really are great. Not even just because my sister works there, but, um, when we, we got Tucker neutered there and they could not have been, they could not have been better. Right. Just super caring. You mm-hmm. could definitely tell they love the animals. Yes. And that's makes you feel better when you drop off your loved, yeah. when you drop off your loved ones there. I think the other place they they're so busy with like they also do like a ton of like large animals. Yeah, they do farm animals. Yeah. yeah. So I think that with all of that going on, I mean, it's just like I'm sure there's way more money in that. Oh yeah, yeah. sure. Um. So with uh this place it's been very it's been good good care mm-hmm. good dog care it's made me happy yeah um i don't i'm not gonna get into that but jen's been watching this dr pole mm. he's like this uh i think he's like dutch okay but he like and he's old school and he does like only large farm animals hmm. dude the guy's a badass really he's like 70 he's been doing this like veterinary stuff for like 40 50 years crazy Hmm. old school shit like just one example of like there'll be like a cow in labor and the cow like it was sad there was one cow that was pregnant with twins and they were like struggling to get him out he wasn't there this let me i'll note that it was his assistant and she was like trying to get the cows out and she didn't get them out fast enough and they died because they like suffocated in there but 
this one cow, dude, they like chain their ankles and like rip them out. Mm-hmm. It's insane. Yeah. So he like rips his cow out and his son is like his assistant and he's like, dad, it's not breathing. And so he like, he's like explaining that sometimes the fluid will get down in their lungs and they'll stop breathing. So he's like, his son's like, should we sing him, swing him? And I was like, what? And Jen's like, watch. Because she's watch- She's been watching the show for hours every day. <laughs> so he takes the cow and he's just swinging it. Just whoo, whoo. So swinging. He's like, the force will drive all that mucus out of his face. So they're swinging this baby cow, aggressive as hell. And he starts like kind of like coughing a little bit. So they're swinging it and swinging it. He's like, give me a bucket of cold water. They get freezing water. They dump it on the cow. And that's what's like to shock it mm-hmm. into breathing. It woke up, started breathing. Wow. This dude's a badass. Yeah. Dr. Pole, check it out. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. It's so old school. It's fun to watch. He's like, I, I just appreciate somebody who's been in something for so long that they just know little tips and tricks and shortcuts and ways to make things work. That you don't learn in school or yeah. that you haven't, you know, you just learn from the experience. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of a cool show. Yeah. <sighs> okay. Damn. Ketchup and mustard. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you have any, like, news? Well, I read an article. I mean, I always. I read an uh, article. Okay. You I, read an article? Yeah. Okay. Tell me about your article. You want to talk talk about yours first? No. Okay. Well, All right. we'll talk about it so, later. So, this one, I mean, there's been so much going on with the... Uh, um, with the uh, with the president, but I I I don't want to talk about him particularly. I want to actually call out a favorite, uh, one of my favorite uh, news sources for a absolutely ridiculous argument that they made in, in a post I read this morning, which was is from foreignpolicymagazine.com, and normally they are really really. They're just a f- usually phenomenal. They're one of my go-to news sources. Okay. Excellent. Generally, 99% of the time, they're excellent, except for this one. And I don't know who wrote it. Um, I'm trying to find it on my phone. But it basically said, the international, the international, could the international criminal, could the international courts um, indict U.S. right-wing media? Okay. Which is an absolutely ridiculous argument. There's yeah. absolutely no way that international courts and they went on to talk about um, the uh, the Nuremberg like the Nuremberg trials as precedent as possible precedent for this um, the, using the uh, inter- international criminal courts crimes against like um, crimes against humanity. The international criminal court was set up in the, in the, um, in 1998 and actually wouldn't do effect in 2002. And it's mandated to, to, um, it's the international criminal court is interesting because it's the only international court that can actually, uh, indict individuals. They can actually investigate and indict and imprison individuals. All the other courts are set up to, um, try nation states as a state. Right. And then determine what kind of punishment is going to come down on them. It's like with the with the dispute resolution panel and World Trade Organization. If a state is found to be in violation of a trade agreement, and then there can be repercussions for that. Or okay. um, the International Court of Justice um, at, with the UN, they can find states in violation of different things, and the U, that allows the UN to then um, sanction economically or use military force against a particular country. Um, the, the International Criminal Court is, is interesting in the fact that it, it can actually, it permeates state sovereignty of its member states. So you have to be, you have to be a member state. Mm-hmm. And then if, 
and if you are a member state and someone commits a crime against humanity within your country, there can be a criminal investigation of the International Criminal Court that comes in and um, can actually indict and jail in uh, one of these people. Mm-hmm. But there's only f- it's very limited scope. There's four only four crimes that the International Criminal Court can uh, can investigate, and it's crimes against humanity, crimes of aggression, genocide, and I, I can't remember the fourth one off the top of my head. But it's like these are the massive crimes. Yeah. What way does you? Yes, I understand. U.S. right wing media is like it has become a puppet for the president and all right. that kind of stuff. But oh my god, you got to be kidding me! This yeah. this is this is the kind of crap. This is why this is why people point to the to the liberal media and say mm-hmm. like look at like look at this look how biased this is this is ridiculous this should yeah. that that argument should have never gone to print right especially if you're foreign policy magazine most of your audience is going to be people who know that this is yeah like there's the US, joe schmo's not picking that shit up to <laughs> the union world foreign policy magazine i mean so um the United States didn't sign on to the International Court of Justice. Sorry, not the International Court of Justice. That's what the UN. International Criminal Court, the ICC, the one that mm-hmm. can that can um, investigate and punish individuals within the nation state. The United States isn't a member state, so the International Criminal Court has no jurisdiction in the United oh in the United gosh. States. It doesn't. So to try to bring that argument up is right. like, oh, it's a crime against humanity. Well, no, you'd have to. Not only that, it's just discounting the amount of power the united states has globally do you really think that there's some institution out there that's going to dictate to the united states what it can and cannot do come on it's ridiculous especially in their media yeah there's no way there's no way no it, mm. I, but i was but they but they were talking about you know they were using like nuremberg trials are you kidding me the the atrocities against the against the jews in world yeah. war ii yeah that's the precedent you're using to to um to say that there could be investigations against right-wing media in the United States. Yeah, that's Are you, the equivalent that they're drawing. Come on. They're like, well, you know, it's it's inciting violence and it's causing all of these mass shootings. Come on. I mean, just... Ooh. Ooh. I, I was doing... That's a tough I was, argument. I was dude. reading this article, man, and I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Wow. Like, oh. Hmm. I, I've read some. I've read some bad, pretty bad, biased right. stuff. Like, and I'm and you and I are not are not Trump. We're not. We don't support Trump as president we, right. we understand he's the president right and you, okay what well, we support the office of the presidency yes. but we don't support him in that office mm-hmm. but at some point you've got a there's a there's a line yeah yeah and this is just that's just a you're that's that's where you have to, like all the others you you can't post about something else yeah <laughs> something legitimate that actually has weight that could potentially happen because that all of that is is writing to your to your base to make this look like he's some international like he's he's criminal. some international criminal yeah which if you knew anything like, if you knew any this either this the writer of this article knows nothing about what they're right. talking about that's what I was thinking or they're they're purposefully misrepresenting the scope and scale and what those what those international institutions and organizations are are mandated to do Mm -hmm. in understanding that even even if they were mandated to go like go into the united states and um and 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 try to investigate criminals the united states could just go tell them to pound sand and there's nothing the international criminal court can do maybe it's just like a trigger article it's supposed to get this exact reaction maybe i (laughs) I, I just I read that this morning and I was like, man, that was like, this morning. Oh, yeah. geez. I was like, there is no there's just that's that's the kind of stuff that just drives me absolutely bonkers mm-hmm. because there are le- there are many legitimate criticisms of this president his and his policies. Yeah, right. 
Right. We don't have to go make shit up. Yeah. Yeah. And especially like you're you're the level of which that you're going in trying to I just could not believe that they were trying to make an equivalent I don't know if they're trying to do equivalency, but to say that the the permeating of state sovereignty to um to hold tribunals and imprison Nazi war criminals then can be attributed to permeating U.S. sovereignty to prosecute members of our media, mm-hmm. of a free press. Right. I. That's a, I, that's a long stretch to make right there. Huge stretch. <laughs> I don't know. I, I just, I feel like I had to talk. I just had to get that one yeah, off my yeah, chest yeah. because I, the entire time I'm, I'm riding here, I, I was driving here, I was like, this is... Man, that didn't that had no place being being published. Yeah. That argument had no place being published. I don't know how it did. Right. But hmm. anyway, and that's not an indictment. This is not an indictment on all left wing media that they're yeah. all out there create, creating these insane, you know, these insane arguments. And but this one was per, I had to call this one out because it was particularly bad. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like a lot of the um, I think both sides are just getting ridiculous making these insane arguments but that i love that you brought that up because the article that i read has to do with um not necessarily i mean that's that's an insane that's an insane line to draw to connect the two but what i found and i picked this um this was a study done by two communications professors and a phd student at osu mm-hmm and basically, it's they're looking at how serious people are taking satirical news articles. Oh, this is interesting. From like the Onion. Oh. And people like believe these stories. Okay, that's a little different than what I thought. Oh, what were you like, thinking? People over relying on John Oliver for news. Oh, okay. See, that's what I thought when mm-hmm. I first was started reading about it, which I was super interested in, and mm-hmm. I thought that would be super cool. Um, but it turns out it's more satirical than that. And but people are actually believe people actually believe the onion. Yeah. So, I mean, here's here's just some statistics. Um, so I'll just read this headline. Democrats vow to close dangerous gun buying loophole known as, quote, the Second Amendment. Nineteen percent of Republicans who responded to the study called this claim from Babylon B definitely true. Quote, John Bolton, an attack on two Saudi oil tankers is an attack on all Americans. 14% of Democrats who responded to the study said this headline on May 15th, 2019th article from The Onion was definitely true. Um, following, quote, follow, That's scary. following a special counsel recommendation that the White House counselor be fired for violating the Hatch Act, Kellyanne Conway reportedly decided Thursday to lay low until the rule of law dies down. Quote, all I gotta do is keep a low profile and the power through and power through until the laws governing this country have no repercussions, end quote, said Conway, who resolved who resolved to cool her heels in a Virginia safe house while waiting for anarchy to prevail and the system of justice to completely crumble. <laughs> Jesus. I mean, okay. Twelve percent of Democrats who responded to the study said this claim from the June 13th article of the onion was definitely true. 12%. Do you know how many, how, I don't, that I don't, I, this is, is an, what I'm reading mm-hmm. just because it's condensed okay. is from Oregon live. 
before you got here, I started reading the actual article written by those who did the study. I haven't finished it yet, but oh my God. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, but that fits with a lot of the narrative though, right? There is, there is this narrative that the, the that's exactly what I was thinking. The administration is lawless. So if you have someone who just, who thinks that already, they read something, they're like, well, yeah, that makes sense within the the worldview that it's been constructed around me because of the media that I, I, you know, I consume. Yes. It's not that, I guess it's really not that far of a jump if you're not willing to then go and do the, the, the next step of seeing who actually wrote that article yes. and what their back, like what their background is. You would quick, quickly find that the onion writes nothing true. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's stuff like this, right? Yeah. It's meant to, it's it meant to like get people to scoff or to laugh at it or whatever. But right. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, not, not just that, like what you're saying as far as, um, so close to the truth but or yeah that's what i'm thinking is like so even like the democrats vow to close dangerous gun buying loophole known as the second amendment that anybody who's sensitive to restrictions on the second amendment with three words into that are already Mm -hmm. on edge yeah and like whoa whoa what 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 might not even get to the part where it's they're referring to the second amendment but People are saying such outlandish shit, like the article you were just talking about, <laughs> mm-hmm. that some of these headlines are like, that wouldn't surprise me. Like, would it? Uh, I mean, obviously, that is super satirical as far as like closing a loophole known as the Second Amendment. Yeah. I... But I think it plays off of what you're saying as far as like drawing connections to the Holocaust. It's like, that's a stretch, man. But. If you took that exact situation and worded it in a in a way that the onion might word it, mm-hmm. you'd go, "That's ridiculous." Yeah, but it was true. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So when people get fooled by these articles, I'll be honest, and this is me being honest and embarrassed. There was an article one time by the Onion that I read the headline and I was like, "No fucking way!" Like it got an emotional response yeah. out of me. It had nothing to do with politics. It was sports. Mm. <laughs> But I was like, wait, what? And then I opened it. I'm like, oh, you fuckers. Yeah. But I knew it was fake. Mm-hmm. These people are reading this shit and thinking it's real. And that is scary to the point where people were in such a place where people are reading these insane headlines and thinking that those are true or yeah. those are real. Yeah, because I think people want that to be true, right? Republic. I think there are a, there are there is a portion there is a portion of th- of the gun owning group that I deal with right. on a daily basis with yes. my job that they want Democrats to be those gun grabbers, right? Yeah, they, it's like they they already think that the Democrats want to abolish the Second Amendment entirely. Yes. So therefore, that headline. Is not outside of what they're already really believe, like what they already believe. Maybe yes. not be willing to outwardly say, mm-hmm. but they already there. There is a sentiment that they already believe it. Yeah, and it's even if someone be- here's the thing is though, like if you're the, if you're the person who's getting really triggered by somebody saying, oh, "I want to I want to abandon the Second Amendment or abolish Second Amendment," mm-hmm. you can s- just sit back. Here's my advice to you. This is what I have to, uh, what I this? what I've had to do. If if you're if you're sitting there in a conversation with somebody, just mm-hmm. another citizen, just another person, right. and they say I think the second amendment should be abolished. Okay. 
just instead of getting mad about that, mm-hmm. just sit back and understand the process that protects the second amendment Mm -hmm. and this person sitting in front of you has no power to enact that process in any way right so stop getting i mean i just understand that in order to abolish the second amendment entirely give them jake tell them it would take a it would take a a two-thirds vote of congress never gonna happen the president would have to sign it never gonna happen it would then have to be upheld by the supreme court not going to happen. And then go to the states for a two-thirds, two-thirds majority vote. No. 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 That's so much, dude. So That's so many people. So instead of being a one-issue, like, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, instead of being a one-issue voter where, where you get oh, fear tactic yes. into only voting for somebody because you believe that they're going to protect your, your rights, mm-hmm. know that the founding fathers did their job to protect that right pretty damn well. Yeah. And let's not be a one. Let's not be a one issue voter. Yeah, that's my. I, I, it's a little off topic, but no, I don't. I think that's good. Yeah, that's great. Um, I had a question for you. Yeah. About guns. Okay. I was just thinking about this. What are the pros and cons of buying a used gun? Oof. Um, <laughs> pro, you usually get a pretty decent deal. Right. Um, con. Uh, it really depends upon where you get it from. Right. Like, um, you know, we, when we, my, so the, the store that I work at, yeah, we take in used firearms, mm-hmm. but we're pretty selective about what we bring in. And we also have guys who know what to look for to make sure it's not broken. Like we've never taken okay. in a gun and sold it and it's been, you know, defective. Mm-hmm. So, um, the, so it depends. I mean, I would recommend buying a used gun through a dealership. Yes. But there's a lot of people who do who do private party facilities. That's what I was curious and about. And you just want to make sure you know who you're buying from. Yeah. Washington and Oregon require that you, in order to do a firearm transfer to somebody who's not a relative, mm-hmm. you have to go to a federal firearms licensed dealer to then do a, back- yes. to do a yes. background check. Okay. So that takes a lot of the ambiguity out of it. Okay. The problem is, is that if... If you're there by yourself and you're just doing that, mm-hmm. you, you, I've seen people get fleeced. Yeah, yeah. And I helped I helped the guy not get fleeced. Yeah, yeah. One time, this guy brought in. A, this is not going to probably make a whole lot of sense, but this guy brought in uh, a Ruger uh, SR556, which is an AR15 platform, and okay. it's it's the more expensive model because it's a piston driven system. None of this matters. But uh, <laughs> he was telling the guy that he was trying to sell it as he he marketed it as a takedown model. Mm-hmm. And um, he brought it in, and I'm looking at this gun. And I know, I know these guns. I've been here since, like, I started. I was working when these these this particular model came out, and it was before the takedown version of this gun came out. And it's and um, I'm looking at it, and this guy's telling the guys like, "Yeah, it's a takedown model, which is like $500 more expensive than the non-takedown model." And he's like, "Yeah, it's a takedown, but it's like the old version of the takedown, which doesn't fucking exist." So. <laughs> The entire time I'm debating, I'm like, man, do I like how do I point out to the buyer of this? Yeah, that this guy is fleecing him. This is not what he's trying to sell him. I'm like, I'm like, dude, there's no such thing as the old model, old version takedown. Right. So I, I was like, hey, man, do you want me to show? I went to the buyer, like, do you want me to show you how to break this? Like, how to how to you know use the takedown feature on this? Mm-hmm. And then the seller got instantly like squeamish. And really? Then, and then I couldn't, like, obviously I couldn't, <laughs> take, I couldn't take it down. And I was like, are you sure this is a takedown, man? And then the oh, guy was you're like, so smart, and Jake. So, and the guy was like, and the, so the guy was like, oh, oh um. 
I thought it was, I thought it was a takedown model, and they ended oh, up. They ended up. They ended my. up. They, the guy ended up. They ended up not doing the facilitation. So it's like. So that's an anecdote, right? So that's, that's awesome. Not, that's not the norm. Most of the time, I do private party transfers. They're great. They mm-hmm. go. Every, the, every, both parties are up and up. But there, that's the downside of buying used is that you can run into stuff like this. Yeah. So if you have the ability, go to a place who you trust to facilitate that background check that yeah. is going to somewhat be looking out for your yeah. interests. Okay. And if that's places, Fisherman's Marine and Outdoor, come in and talk to me. I can help you. <laughs> so um, I'm more than willing to, I, 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 I love interacting with good people. Right. Um, it's why I work. I've worked retail. One of the only reasons why I've been able to work retail for as long as I can is that right. I, I, at the end of the day, I still like firearms. I like helping people. I like, exp- I like helping people with my knowledge of them. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Anyway, that's that's the biggest that's the biggest issue buying used is that there's there's just a lot there are scammers out there for sure. But it's it's the same thing with any used market. Right. It doesn't matter what that's if it's scary. a gun or if it's a car. I don't know why, but I'm just more intimidated or or concerned or scared because it's a gun. Yeah. You know. I could see that. Like if there's something functionally wrong with it and you shoot it and the gun like the action explodes on Ooh, you or something yeah. like there could be bodily That's why I was There could asking. be bodily harm. Yeah. But in order for a gun to do that, it has to be really really bad condition. Yeah. And no most of the time you, you can would notice. you can see it just yeah. like on the outside you can tell like this gun's probably not safe. Hmm. So okay. um it's it's a pretty safe market to be in especially with Washington and Oregon right. having um closing what you know the the media has liked to frame as the gun show loophole, which yes. means that you can't just go to somebody and be like, hey, I want to buy your gun. I want to sell you my gun. And then you just swap, sorry, swap <laughs> gun for cash. Um, I, I'm a, if anybody ever comes in as a, um, uh, as a guest of ours, I like to talk with my hands a lot. So I, I bump my mic all the time. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, they, Washington, Oregon closed that down. So now anytime there's a gun transfer that's not to a relative that is your first cousin or closer, mm-hmm. you have to do these FFL transfers right. in Washington, Oregon. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't the end of the world. Nobody, like, it didn't. Is it a week wait period, too? Um, in Oregon, so Oregon in doesn't Washington? have. Uh, in Washington, if you're buying a handgun or if you're transferring a semi automatic rifle. It would be a 10-day wait. 10 Unless day wait. you have a concealed weapons permit, you don't have to wait on a handgun. So th- Oh. You hear that, Zach? So <laughs> so if you have a if you have a concealed weapons permit in Washington, yeah. the 10-day wait is voided. Oh wow. Okay. Okay. The only thing that so the only gun you cannot void a waiting period for it at all anymore mm-hmm. is a semi automatic rifle. Okay. Wow. Informative. Okay. Yeah, I was just talking guns with people who enjoy them at work and i was like he was talking about buying a gun or buying used and blah 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 and i was like i wonder if there are any you know buying a used laptop there could be a world of issues or concerns mm-hmm. i wonder if that was the same with guns so. yeah i mean it, it can um there's a lot less there's a lot less that can go wrong with guns and a laptop right like, there's right like, there's certain things with the laptop you could think they could is fine and then you get guns home and all of a sudden you realize like, yeah, yeah so but you I mean Normally, you can't shoot them, so there is some inherent risk. I could shoot a laptop. <laughs> Fair, <laughs> enough. Fair enough, you can. Um, but yeah, that's um, yeah, that's kind of my spiel okay. on it. Okay. Um, there, ninety percent of the time, probably even more than ninety percent, you're going to be fine buying private party. Yeah. Um, there are there's like basically Craigslist style websites for guns. Oh yeah, yeah. Northwest Firearms um, is is the is the local one, and usually people will just arrange to meet. At a FFL, um, 
and they'll conduct the transfer. Mm-hmm. Our transfer is pretty, um, I think, pretty reasonable compared to some of the places. It's 35 bucks for the transfer, and then Oregon State has a $10 background check fee. Okay. So, But keep in mind, if you are a – because of federal handgun – purchasing rules mm-hmm. if you're a if you're an out-of-state resident you cannot purchase a handgun outside of your home state so if you're if you're a washington resident listening mm-hmm. to this and you want to buy a handgun in oregon even if it's a private party that oregon res- you'd have to do that facilitation in washington. washington you couldn't come to oregon and take possession of the gun gotcha and vice vice versa right so you got to make you got to be careful about transferring guns across state lines making sure that both state that gun's legal in both states mm-hmm. and it's not a handgun because you have to take possession of that gun if you're the purchaser you have to take possession of the handgun in the state that you live in, in. the state yeah. you live in okay cool thank you i appreciate that mm-hmm. um one last thing that i wanted to discuss today real quick is you know how i feel about just from my experience with healthcare and my wife mm-hmm. and the lack of quality yeah um did you see john oliver's this week yes the me- the bias in medicine mm-hmm. holy shit that shit's real bro is it i was i was question i was questioning yeah he made some pretty bold claims at the beginning and i remember thinking to myself like man you better really like like what you really better really back that uh-huh. up i don't i can't remember off the top okay. of my head but it was just like the whole premise when yeah you're, when you're gonna say that a whole end like an industry has like systemic bias yes. towards sex and gender. Uh-huh. It's a pretty big claim. You just have to back it up. Right. I'm not saying it's not no, true. No, 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 no. I it's know, just, I know. it's a pretty, that's a, that's a really, that's a very damning insinuation. Yes. And I would just say it require it, it requires more than just surface level. Well, he says that he I know. Goes, I'm and, not and talking he, about the entire industry. I'm talking about individuals in the industry. And, yes. But, he started it out with the industry. That's why. I right. Right. So it, right. It, and then he started to narrow down his focus. See, this is why I talked to you because I'm, I'm so emotional about it. Yeah. And as I'm you should like, be. Fuck. Yeah. Fuck him. I mean, as you should be your guys' situation. <laughs> right. Like, I would definitely say yeah. like there has been bias for right. like for sure. Like, but, um, whether it's systemic for the whole industry or right. not, like that kind of stuff is, I mean, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Which is why I was like, man, you got to, I hope that he does what he normally does, which is really provide a lot of mm-hmm. evidence, anecdotal evidence mixed with more macro level, you know, trends mm-hmm. and data. Mm-hmm. So, and he does a good job of synthesizing all of right. that. Making like saying that here, here is a, here is the, what the macro data says. And here's an anecdote that fits that. Mm-hmm. Like he does a really good job of doing that, yes. which is why I really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. And he does it in a very succinct way with also infusing some comedies. So to make, Right. A, a tough a, a tough topic you know palatable mm-hmm. um but yeah i mean that's just that was just my take right i think you I think, have a good point at the end of the episode i was left thinking okay that is a real issue right well that's what you were saying uh last week was that you enjoyed that he's not talking about like oh what's hot in the news today i'm gonna i'm just gonna add my voice into that narrative mm-hmm. he's kind of going out and finding other things that are happening and, and kind of discussing those which this is something that I've been talking about and I appreciated him at least whether it's all true or some true or, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. at least it's continuing that conversation. Yeah. Um, now, I, I don't know. I thought the gender part was interesting. Um, the racial part obviously was interesting also. But when I when I talk about my concerns with this, it's mostly like reproductive health mm-hmm. and the lack of like. I don't know the lack of 
specialists or special care per patient. So for for my wife to receive good care, yeah, good health care for her reproductive system, we have to go see a specialist because we got a consultation from a specialist, but also from the doctor that we go to. Mm-hmm. And the doctor's like, listen, I'm probably going to have to cut you from above your belly button down and just kind of open you up. The specialist is like, no, N- fuck no. I would never do that. Like, I'll, you'll be fine. I'll do it the way that it's supposed to be done. And I'm going to clear everything out and you're going to be okay. But the other, the other doctor was like, nope, it's going to take, I'm probably going to have to do this. I'm probably going to have to do that. Like all of these precautionary things. The doctor kept saying that they're probably going to have to do. And to me, that's just inexperience. If you're if you're inexperienced, then you're going to have to kind of bank on the possibilities of having to have these safeguards throughout the procedure mm-hmm. where the specialist who does three surgeries a week. He's like, no, like you have. She is the worst, like one of the worst case cases of endometriosis. that doctors at Kaiser has, have ever seen. The specialist is like. I see that shit all the time. Like, we'll handle it. Mm-hmm. But it's terrible and it's frustrating to me that we have to go see a specialist out of network to yeah. get that proper care. For sure. And I don't know if that's that's not a gender bias or anything that I'm saying. But I'm just saying there's clearly an access issue there mm-hmm. that frustrates me. Yeah, and, but then you could also, I think, to fall in line, like to piggyback off of what John Oliver was pointing about yeah. is like it may not necessarily be purposeful bias right, right. so doctors who who have cut their teeth and grown up through the 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 umbrella that is Kaiser Permanente mm-hmm. if they're not receiving training and Kaiser doesn't yes. emphasize women's health mm-hmm. especially in reproductive areas mm-hmm. And then the subfield of endometri- like how to treat endometriosis, right? They're not going to know how to, right? So they're just right. going to fall back on whatever the cookie cutter, yes. Um, so Standard. that, so yeah, so that that gets to that systemic, that systemic bias mm-hmm. that the people who who um the people who are the you know the decision makers within Kaiser right. have identified where certain you know where they're going to focus their time and energy, mm-hmm. and clearly there seems to be a de-emphasis mm-hmm. on understanding the really complexities of right. women's health in that area. One, well, I think this surgeon that we got our consultation with is the only endometriosis head specialist for Kaiser. The kicker, she was trained under the specialist we're going to see. Uh, I think you told me that. Yes. You did tell me that when yes. we, we had that episode. So we that's like, what the fuck? Yeah. So, and then I know CJ's like, oh my gosh, because he wants to talk because he works, um, in the health industry right sure. now. And, and yeah. he does communications there. Um, and this is something that he wants to come on and talk about also. And we should probably get a woman on here to talk. <laughs> I, I'd love to have Jen come on and talk about like her experience. Cause she's in all these groups and she talks to all these other women who are experiencing the same things. Mm-hmm. That'd be great to have, have that on there. So when you see, when I see John Oliver and, and he's talking about all these, these insane cases with these women, I mean, he's talking about all kinds of things. I'm specifying reproductive health. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just I can't help but think about everything that I've seen these other women in these groups go through mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah. All the time. Constantly being told like there's nothing we can do or it's going to be rough. We're probably going to fuck your whole body up. And then the specialist going, no, yeah, it's not like that. Yeah. There, that's a that's the thing with like I think you see this in a lot of 
organizations, like institutions that start with a mandate. And then over time, like it's really, really difficult to have tectonic shifts within a really codified environment. Right. Like when like, right. this is how we do things this is how we've always done things. And to, even though there might be a general will amongst the people within that institution, they're mm-hmm. so attuned to how that institution has worked for over, you know, that long, however long it's been in existence mm-hmm. that it's almost an, it's so impossible. Even if there is a will to get that, the institution to change like fundamentally mm-hmm. or to look at things differently. It's incredibly difficult to do because almost like the, the institution itself has taken on a life of its own. Right. So you could be like, there's a lot of doctors within Kaiser that want to see like radical change in terms of how Kaiser mm-hmm. deals with mm-hmm. women's issues. But because of the institution itself, like being so driven over the amount of time it's, you know, to focus more on like male issues or whatever, whatever the, wherever the bias is, I'm right. sure you can find it if you looked hard enough. Um, but it's, it's, it's just, it's, it's unfortunate that it's, it's that difficult to change, but it's almost like that's the, is the nature of the institution. So when you can get out of that and you get a specialist who is out of that network, he has more freedom uh, to kind of, to, to be flexible right. and to, um, because he doesn't have anybody else. He doesn't have a person above him that he has mm-hmm. to, he's the top, he's the top guy. Right. So he can, or she, or she, um, uh, and they have just much more freedom to operate because right. there isn't that confines of the incident of that right. institution, which I mean, if you're a libertarian, that's like, that's like the, that's a fundamental argument, right? Like government is so slow and plotting and difficult to move. That's why having freedom of choice, allowing people to go and choose what is best for them is, is the ultimate form of freedom. And that's how government should operate. Mm. So I mean, like you, you could get, you could <laughs> I'd like see how we made this own to like a philosophical debate. Right. Anyways, right. So, right. But I, no, think, it, it does, I think it does fit. Yeah. Okay. That was informative and helpful. I, I just get so emotional about it, you know. As you and should. I get fired I mean, up and it wife. pisses me off. And yeah, well, not even just my wife, but I know like women struggle, like and all these women in this group. Mm-hmm. And like, it's just like these. And then Oliver addresses this a little bit when he says, you know, like maybe it's because, you know, they're just, they haven't been focused on women's health until recently and maybe over the next generation we'll see this massive shift and and focus to 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 address these issues but right now it's just like like okay here's here's something Uh, this might be weird but i don't care so endometriosis causes a lot of inflammation a lot of pain um crippling pain where she would sometimes miss work and before we had it diagnosed and before we knew everything that was going on you know we were trying to go to the doctor and find out what was going on and blah 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 blah. so we're going to meet with her this ob at at the time and the nurse came in was like oh what are you here for And and she's like i got really bad cramps like excruciating pain when i'm on my period i swear to god this nurse says well have you tried orgasms and she, you should have seen her face. She was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, she didn't say that, but essentially. And she's like, well, yeah, you know, I know that sometimes that stimulation can really help with the pain. And Jen was so mad. She's like, I can't even go to work and you want me to fucking find a way to orgasm? Like, that was the advice that was given. And when it was diagnosed, it's one of the worst cases of endometriosis Kaiser has ever seen. But that's just the, uh, you know what I mean? Like if, if you don't advocate for yourself, that's the kind of fucking advice people are giving you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I feel like that happens in a lot of things Mm -hmm. and it's just, it's, I mean, everyone should be an advocate for themselves and, and take it upon themselves to, to find what they need and, and to, 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 
to pursue those things. But it just sucks that with healthcare, that's the issue also. Mm-hmm. She has to be an advocate for herself. She has to do her own research. If she didn't do all this research and ask the Kaiser specialists, are you going to do this, 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 and this? For her to then have those answers to then eliminate that doctor as an option. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because if she hadn't done the re- the research, she would have been like, well, I guess this is it. I guess I'm going to have a scar from the top of my belly button down. And the specialist, because she did her own research, because she knew going into that meeting with the Kaiser doctor that that's probably shouldn't fucking mm-hmm. happen. Yeah. That she can go to the specialist and go, yo, your, your fucking understudy told me that she would do this. And he's like, fuck that. No, never. It's just crazy. That is that is crazy. And great for Jen and 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 you for knowing, like doing your research ahead of time. But how many people you know, how many people right, don't? Right. And, and um and it, it I mean it is a it is a major issue, which is why healthcare is, you know, such a it's it's literally the main talking point of every Democrat yeah. on that stage. Yeah. Is it, it is it is a major issue. And and for those who don't know and for maybe listeners who have people in their lives who may be struggling with things or, or, or having these health issues. I on knuckle draggers the other day, I was shitting all over social media because I'm just kind of over it, which is interesting because now I'm in a communications degree <laughs> where that's kind of the hot thing. But yeah. if there's anything that it's been so good for, it's, it's these people connecting mm-hmm. and sharing stories and sharing their, their journey through finding a solution to their health. Um, and it's not just endometriosis groups, but there's all kinds of positive groups you can find that Mm -hmm. can help you navigate through things and be advocate for yourself in all kinds of situations, even the second amendment. Yeah. (laughs) That, that whole area has become toxic. Yeah. Really toxic though. I bet. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I mean that was a it was a that was a good John Oliver that was a good John Oliver episode. Did you watch the one he did last week on Kazakhstan? No. Okay, you should watch that okay. one. Okay, it's pretty good. I'll watch it. Yeah, it's it's good, lighthearted humor, and okay. I really appreciate him because it was like the weekend right after all of you know the El, you know, the the most recent you know shootings have mm-hmm, happened, mm-hmm. and um and then to have something to kind of laugh to kind of laugh at was right. was was nice because you get these other you get the other um, even. Seth Myers is guilty of this, and I, I do like Seth and Stephen Colbert. Yeah, but they are—they're so and and they do week, they do nightly shows. So John Oliver has the ability to kind of because his are only a week. Yes. he can kind of he can kind of let things cool down a little bit. Right, and then so him not addressing it doesn't seem like it's as tone deaf or right. whatever. He can't be he, like like why are you avoiding these issues? Yeah, it's just like well, I mean he he's doing something different, and but where those guys are are more of a nightly. I don't even call them news, but right. Um, anyway, it's my 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 point is is that uh, it, it's it's it is difficult to to separate that. I don't even know where I for completely for, I forgot where I was going with that point. <laughs> but I, anyway, Michael Che. Do you know who Michael Che is from uh, SNL? He's the Weekend Update guy. Okay, it sounds familiar, um, but no. Oh, he's hilarious. Okay, but he he even said because he does Weekend Update and it's kind of the same bit, right? It's making satire of the current political. Okay. Trends. Right. And he even said he's like, I don't. He's like, please don't. He's like, going coming to me for news is oh, ri- is, ri- wow. is ridiculous. He goes, yeah. I know nothing. Yeah. I'm paid to make jokes. 
like don't take what I wow. don't take what I say serious, which I lo- which which I loved. Right. Um. But yeah. So uh, there are there are people who who get it. Yeah. Um. Even though I th- I think there's a lot of people who are ju- who just use use this stuff to try to make to monetize it. Like oh, uh, I'm looking yeah. at I'm looking at you, Jimmy Fallon. Yeah, for um, sure. Well, and like I said last week, it's a great place to start. You're to hear about things, but go do your own research. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I said last thing, but this is something that I wanted to talk about. Um, this is oh. okay. So I want to talk. I'm going to sh- start with the the most recent mass shootings. One thing that I've noticed about myself, which is fucking terrible. Listen, I know that it is devastating and I know it's tragic and I know it's disgusting, but I know that I'm numb to it. And that's fucking sad. Mm-hmm. Like I hear it and I'm just like, I mean, that's par for the course. It doesn't surprise me anymore. And I know that's fucking terrible. And I know that can be interpreted as me being a piece of shit, but what does that say about the world we live in if that's how I'm feeling? It's not that I don't feel sad or empathy, but it's like, I'm almost like, well, yeah, of course. Or And then there's one in fucking within hours of each other. It's just like, all right. I mean, what what am I? Maybe it's because I feel like I can't do anything. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. And yeah. because it's so polarizing because people are so I think that's I think it. that's it is that not only do you realize that I can't do anything yeah you realize that nobody can do anything maybe that's it yeah but on the flip side and this is why I'm, I'm comparing these two because I, I want want you to kind of I don't know evaluate me okay <laughs> all right on the flip side those um immigration raids and was it Mississippi Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That video, that little girl crying. Yeah. Like I said, I've I've kind of just kind of just like shrugged my shoulders like another shooting, I guess. Another fucking terrorist attack. It's just like I'm so normalized. It's so normalized to me. I'm just like, all right. That little girl crying. Nothing, Jake, in my entire life has made me cry. Mm-hmm. Like watching that girl cry. Yeah. I don't get emotional about shit. That little girl, I couldn't, I couldn't, when I, when I watched it, I like started choking up and I was like, oh my God, like this is heartbreaking. But then when I was like, hey, Jen, watch this. And she was watching it. I started crying. I like went into the other room and like was crying about it. And she didn't know. And she's like, and then later I was like, hey, you know, when you're watching that? And she's like, yeah, I was like, I had to run to the bathroom because I was crying. And she's like, oh, well, why didn't you say something? I was like, I don't, I don't know. Because I'm weird. But so on the two, seeing that little girl, is there nothing that I can do about those? I think my knowledge of immigration history mm-hmm. and especially in the agricultural industry, yeah, I know where it's all founded. And I know I've done a lot of research on these people. So when I see them being taken in these kids suffering with that, yeah, it fucking infuriates me. Mm-hmm. I think too is like who is the one causing the pain. Yeah. And in this yeah. case, it's our government. Okay. 
Okay. And we're because we're in a democratic system. Yeah. We are attuned with that government and almost it's like it's a government by the people for the people. And you're like, you have a we we have a different attachment to our government than say like an autocracy, like people within an autocracy would have. So when our government is perpetrating that that kind of you know violence, Mm -hmm. I think we I think we take I think we internalize that more. Okay. It's almost like that's our government doing that doing that. Yes. To to people who are here. So there were they were grabbing illegals if you will but that girl i'm certain was american because she was born here and there's just it's just frustrating that there's no plan we're just gonna take them i saw a meme that was pretty interesting it's like why are they raiding these places of work for people who you know what i mean if the idea is Mm -hmm. they're just freeloaders but you're going to their jobs to get them obviously they're contributing in some way yeah which I have a whole fucking spiel on that that I don't want to get into yeah. as far as the history of that. But I think that's a great point, Jake. But but I can't help but think also that like, okay, if, if it's a democracy and if that's the thing, then can't we do something about addressing? Well, yeah, you vote for the you vote the people out who are using those instruments. All right. Wait, but I'm also I'm going back to now the gun, the shootings, the mass shootings. Yeah. There's got to be something. I don't know the answer, and obviously nobody does because we can't fucking find some common ground. But when you're talking about it, yes, I think you have an excellent point, and I think that is why it's affecting me the way that it is. But then I I think that some could argue or would argue that, well, that's the same case for for gun regulations. Yeah, yeah, and that's a a fair argument. It's a fair argument. Right. But I think when you're talking about, okay, so in order to... In order to do anything on guns, you're going mm-hmm. to have to restrict the rights of law-abiding citizens right. for the greater good, okay. right? You're talking about individuals who are perpetrating violent acts against other individuals within the society, and we're calling on government to be the protector, mm-hmm. to step in and be that barrier, and to, to use its power of the state right. to regulate a certain product to help protect everything to try to protect everybody. That's, that's right. That's it. Right. In this other instance, it's the government perpetrating that violence and we're trying to limit the government's ability to perpetrate that. That's why I love you, Jake. So there's, I think there's a fundamental, there's there's a a major, major fundamental difference, which which is why I think one of the reasons why you feel so hopeless about the gun thing, you're just Mm -hmm. numb to it because it's like, we know how difficult it is going to be because there's not an easy, there's not just a, like an, an easy fix to this, right. right? Because there's going to be people who are going to be negatively affected either way, right? right? We, we continue to do nothing. These shootings are going to continue to happen. If we choose to regulate, highly regulate certain firearms, you're, you're infringing on the rights of, right. of law-abiding right. citizens. 99% of people who own AR-15s, there's millions of them in this country, don't go out and shoot people. Right, right. But you're saying by, and so I, I think, no, like having all of, knowing all of that, yes. it's just like, it's such a difficult decision. Like it's, since to some it's not a difficult decision. People who don't own firearms are like, "Well, just fucking take them. What yeah. does it matter?" Yeah. But it, I mean, it does matter to the people who own them, yes, right? So absolutely. there, there is, there is so many more components to that. Where with immigration, you're just like, it, there is obviously it's not black and white, but it's right. it's far more. It's it's slightly less nuanced, mm-hmm. mostly because of what is doing the what is what is carrying out these mm-hmm. harmful policies, right? And you're just like, man. Like that's these are these are people that are here. They, I, I don't know. I, I I'm starting to lose my point a little bit, but mm-hmm. I think you understand where I'm. Yes, I think you no, understand where I'm coming you from. You fucking killed that, dude. That makes so much sense when you're talking about the fundamental difference mm-hmm. and and it, it, the line that is drawn between the thread that's through both of them is different. 
Um, and that's why I, it, it, I feel differently about it. Um, well, that was fucking genius. Thank you. I needed that. Oh, you're welcome. That's why we have this. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's why we need to start banning violent video games. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so stupid, dude. It's, it's the same thing. It's oh, in in the eighties, uh, twisted uh, twisted sister was causing satanic rituals. Yes, yeah. Tipper Gore, man. It's no, it doesn't. There's no. There's no. There's no evidence. No. None. None. Yeah. But let's just keep. We'll just keep looking at different boogeymen. Different, different, it, different straw man arguments. I mean, I think there is a fucking lack of, again, healthcare when addressing mental health. Yeah. And I think a lot of time these shooters are on, what are they called? SSRs? SSRI? The antidepressants? Okay. Yeah. yeah. So that, I think, says something. Mm-hmm. I don't want to, like, I'm not saying that there's a stigma with people who have d- depression. I'm not trying to say that at all. But if these people have mental health issues... Maybe there aren't resources there for them. There, there, there isn't. Right. There, there isn't. There isn't resources for family members to try to get help. Mm-hmm. And there isn't a, which is why there's like there's a red flag law, right? That's out there that a fa- you know, family members in in it, it's more nuanced, right? So if a family member says that they believe that uh, that somebody within their family is a threat to not only themselves but a threat to yes. other individuals they can put that person on a red flag and it, and it bars them from purchasing firearms until like a oh, court can look at it wow but what does that mean for due process yeah. right so there's due like that's a second amendment right someone can own firearms right, right. as long as they can pass a background check they can get it that's the way the laws are written mm-hmm so are you willing to infringe upon someone's Second Amendment rights, also infringing upon their, their due process rights? I forget which amendment that is. I think it's the fifth. No, so, fourth. Mm, okay, yeah. Fourth or sixth. Yeah. It's fourth or sixth. The due, due process. And um, so it, it, there's all sorts of – that's a huge can of worms there. For sure. What kind of precedent are you setting? But I don't know. That's just my, – my biggest, my biggest problem is how disingenuous – some of the some of the the gun uh, the pro, the pro I hate the labels but the pro gun <laughs> the pro gun side of this debate is it's they they're saying it's not it's not the tool it's the person right so it's so therefore if we're going to if and you all you always I hear this all the time mm-hmm. it's the person right that means there must be something mentally wrong with the person that's yes. committing these crimes it's not the tool don't remove the tool just try to fix the person mm-hmm. or you know deal with the person right okay so. I sixteen thirty nine right deals with mental health. Yes, there is a way that through a court process, it's not making it public. Right, that they can that if if the in person who's facilitating the background check feels that the that person's mental health is relevant to them to them purchasing a firearm, mm-hmm. they can go. They can then they can then request those hip the uh, that person's HIPAA rights mm-hmm. their, their their HIPAA information the court can then at that point say yes or no mm-hmm. then it's they're unsealed for that for however the long it takes to decide whether that person can buy a gun or not and then they're resealed right that has been one of the biggest points of like criticism of I-1639 is like oh like why should I have to waive my HIPAA rights right it's but, like, if, but if you're going to point to the solution being healthcare mental health yeah and here's an avenue for addressing that mm-hmm. and now you're fighting and pushing back on it yeah so basically all it's saying is that you, you don't want anything done right right because you you constantly try to deflect by saying it's not the gun it's the person well here's part of legislation that is 
talking about that who's trying to deal with the person right and you're against it right i i, I you can't have it both ways dude right. you, you okay you, you could say like well i support that particular part but all, all the gun legislation within i-1639 made me vote against it okay right, right fair right, enough that right. was that was more of my that was more of my avenue right. my argument mm-hmm. but at this but what i, I just that's so just it's so disingenuous because all a of a sudden point. you're, you're that's not what you're saying. You're not arguing that it's the person. Maybe you are, but you're not willing to do anything to stop it. Right. So you're not, you're literally just being a fucking stick in the mud. Yeah. On yeah. everything. On everything. And I think what I always think about is like when they're like, well, it's, it's the person. Let's, let's try to focus on the health of people. Let's try to, let let's shift our attention from the guns, the tool, and let's focus on the people. I can't, it's so, and maybe this is me drawing that bizarre line, but if, if you're so concerned about people, mm-hmm. I don't feel like people are genuinely concerned about people no. and their fucking health. Because if you were, these kids in cages would be a little bit of a concern regardless of the political agenda or the reasoning. It's still children in cages. So if you know you see the line I'm drawing, it's a little long, but what I'm saying is like when I hear people say, "Oh, we need to address mental health, we need to care about people, we need to I just I'm like I I to kind of piggyback on what you're saying is I it is they are just going to be a stick in, mud, in the mud. They don't genuinely care about that's just a diversion to get the attention off the tool, but then when it comes down to it to address the mental health or the people, that's also Mm-hmm. Something they're going to push back on. Yeah. And on the other side of this, on the other side of this debate, and we're going to go long, maybe I'm going to leave for work, but who cares? Yeah. The, um, <laughs> is I, I got called all sorts of names recently mm-hmm. on a, on a Facebook thread by people who are pro gun control. Oh shit. I got called. I, I was called all sorts of names. <laughs> I basically was told that I don't care about my neighbors getting shot in the face. Like oh I am, I am God. just in this awful, I'm this awful person right. because I had the audacity mm-hmm. to point out that automatic firearms are already highly regulated and you just can't go and purchase them. Right. Like this person's like no more automatic weapons. Well, not a single automatic weapon have been used in any of these shootings. There's some automatic right. and the valid argument against that is like, okay, yes, they're not automatics, but look how much damage semi-automatics are doing. Yes. That's a valid argument. Yes. But tell me, but just going personally right at me, mm-hmm. you can't have, like I said, you may not think definitions matter. I had one guy's like, fuck you in your, in your pedantic argument. It doesn't matter if it's, if it's, if you're labeling it assault, if you're labeling it automatic or semi-automatic, oh it doesn't matter. God. But you know what? Definitions do matter. You know why? Because policy requires definitions. Yes. So if you're going to actually write legitimate policy, we have to understand, we have to have a fundamental understanding of, of definitional terms. Yeah. Because otherwise we can't, you can't have a conversation with somebody if you're talking about different definitions of different things. If I'm saying assault weapon, what does assault weapon mean? What does that mean? How does the government, and then allowing the government to define it. Right. Because if we can't have this conversation, if we can't have it, if we don't understand the definitional terms within that semantic domain, mm-hmm. it does matter. And you know what it does matter too? It also matters to the people who you're trying to regulate. Right. Their ownership of these firearms. They care whether you're talking talking about an assault, a, a, a semi-automatic, semi-automatic or a fully yeah. auto like that those definitions matter to them why because they're within that culture semantic right. domains do matter and to there culture. is a difference yes and they're they know there's a difference and by pointing that out does not mean that i don't care about this this <laughs> issue that's insane that's insane like people were going on Fucking my stupid. were going on my personal like going on my personal facebook profile <laughs> and going after me what yes jesus 
That's what you get for being a comic crusader, bro. All I was saying is like, and so I've been attacked literally by both sides. Like I am a gun grabber to the the gun advocates and I am a fucking terrorist to like a white supremacist terrorist to to other, to the other side. It's fucking ridiculous. This is, you cannot have a fucking debate. I was like, I'm here just trying to make sure that you understand, like you understand your definitions. You understand the laws because how can we try to regulate more laws if you don't even know, if you don't know what laws are already on the fucking books. Right, right. It happens all the time. None of those people I, know. And I'm anything. not saying I'm against legislation. If if gun legislation was passed through a democratic process, I am mandated as an American to accept that. Right. Right. That's not what I'm saying. I'm I saying know. is that let's have a fucking conversation in order to do that. Because you always say, all I hear from that side is we need to have a dialogue. We can't have a fucking dialogue if you don't have the right definitional terms or an understanding of what what laws are already on on or you're understanding what laws are already on the books right so therefore your stated purpose like the gun owners saying it's 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 the person not the tool we just had this if they don't actually mean that mm-hmm. you're not actually meaning well, let's have a dialogue because you have no if, if you're not le- willing to learn the terms or the actual realities of the of gun legislation you're not willing to learn that and care about those differences mm-hmm. You're not interested in actually having a fucking dialogue. You're only interested in reg- in, in actually regulating it and in, in living in your own little vacuum. Mm-hmm. That's this. You're no different than those people. Right. I fucking hate those guys, man. I'm so tired of it. Sorry. We'll see you next week. Have fun in DC. <laughs> I will. Bye. Bye. Thank mm-hmm. you.